here we go. Fall of 2019. This is the 1080 Outdoors Podcast Land Management Series, where our main focus is pursuing the truth for everyday hunters like you. I wouldn't say it's kind of an FU, it's definitely an FU. Chronicle and document how our season's going and give you real-time updates, overall land management practices. You have to find a way to hunt big buck where they are. Welcome to the 1080 Outdoors Podcast. I am your host, Taylor Henry. Episode number 23. And we are getting into the second week of November now. I am joined today with Steve Sizz as he just got back from South Dakota as he took a little Midwest hiatus after he killed his buck here in Wisconsin. So Steve and I go over his hunt in South Dakota. Kind of a cool situation, a little bit off topic of rut hunting like we've been trying to cover. Uh, Before we get over to Steve though, I want to kind of cover a little bit of what um, is to be expected coming up here the next 10 day forecast is actually showing where we're dealing with extreme cold here in the midwest right now as as you will know if you're if you're in the midwest uh brutal i think this morning as i record this it's uh, tuesday and november 12th and it was like two degrees this morning with wind i took my dog on a walk and was like had frozen icicles off my beard already like way too early for that so if you're still out there grinding in a tree stand kudos to you once again topic of the of this next week is going to be time in a tree and i really believe that this 10th through the 18th is just often um, overlooked because people get worn down mentally and get worn down um, overall just sitting all that time in a tree Um, don't mind my my pup growling behind me but uh, weather's going to shape up for this weekend. It's going to get a little warmer. You're going to be able to spend some time in a tree comfortably. So I'm going to kick it over to Steve and I, this conversation, enjoy us talking about the South Dakota hunt. And then we do get into some rut tactics for this time of year. Um, and then we got gun seasons coming up soon. I know Minnesota kicked off last week. Um, so we're going to cover some gun stuff soon, but this one we're still covering, um, our rut tactics. Good luck out there. Stay warm. Have fun is the most important thing. Okay, I'm joined with Steve, the uh, very successful hunter in seven days. Just got back from South Dakota. Yeah, so I'll tell you, this kind of cool. I got the the one in Wisconsin, so I was like, heck, my tag's full, so I'm going to cruise up to South Dakota. And that was Monday, right? Yeah, Monday. When I got the one? Yeah, Yeah, I think so. So then I drove out. When did I drive out to South Dakota? Thursday. And um, that part stunk. Part of the way there, there was really icy roads. So I was going like 35 for quite a while. That was not fun. But I'm, and, uh, just, I just drive out there and I go to public land and start walking. And the first day, I walked the entire day. And I tell you what, man, I didn't realize it, but sitting in a tree stand during the rut really gets you out of shape. Um, you know what I mean? I'm not used to just sitting that much day after day. And after I spent the whole day walking hills looking for mule deer, and pretty much from dark to dark, I seen a doe and two fawns. When I woke up, my legs were dead. But um, so yeah, it was very disheartening. So I went to a new spot. It's kind of a funny story, actually. As soon as I started walking, I seen like two little bucks down in a ravine. I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm gonna see if I can get a little closer. And then as I'm walking, just kind of sneaking my way towards them, 
the uh, previous night's Guadalajara fajitas came with the vengeance, and they had to come out immediately. So I freaking dropped my pants on a hillside, and it's like negative degree wind chill, freezing my beans off. And uh, um, anyhow, so I get that done. It was awful, awful. No trees to hold on to, steep, whatever. What are you eating that stuff for out there? What's that? Why were you eating that stuff? Oh, man, these fajitas at this Guadalajara, they were my favorite until uh, Uncle Julio's. Oh, yeah, shout out Uncle Julio's down in Chicago. Dude, if, you, if anyone ever has a chance to go to Uncle Julio's Mexican restaurant, you have to go. It's amazing. I still think about it. I watched Steve eat chocolate that night. Yeah, dude. Yeah. But yeah, well, yeah. It's a, a freaking chocolate pinata, and you smash it, and fruit falls out of it. It's the craziest, most amazing thing. <laughs> but anyhow, so then I get down to, like, on the side hill. I'm just kind of hanging out and just glassing, and there's some does and fawns off in the distance also for some reason i look back and right where i just took a deucer is two forky bucks so i have no idea where they were you know how it is out there there's like little tiny crevices and ravines and i must have walked right past them down in a crevice they didn't see me obviously i didn't see them and they're like right there it's like what in the it's crazy so then i'm like well they're too small i think and it's you know how it's one of those things like you shoot on the first day or do you pass on the first day which you go after on the last day you know what i mean Type yeah deal. totally yeah i was kind of curious on what your what why don't you what what were your, what were your goals going out there just my just goals is to kill get a meal deer. yeah yeah especially like that first day when you put on i mean i don't know how many miles glassing so and you can glass for forever and spend the whole day and see it going to fawns it's like very quickly you're a little bit disheartened you know and then i seen these um what was this? So that was four, four little bucks. I was like, Ooh, this is way cooler. So I'm debating. I'm like, ah, dude, I'm not going to go um, chase them. But I'll just hang out here because there's deer. And I'm on, you know what I mean? You know, stuff can just pop out of a little ravine. You just never know. So I'm just waiting. And then all of a sudden right over the same hill comes a, uh, a much bigger body buck and he had a nice rack on him. And to be totally honest, I thought he was um, bigger than what he was just because he kind of dwarfed these smaller bucks, you know? And then they all three bedded up. So I did the, you know, plotted a plan and looped way around and crawled through some ravines and snuck up kind of like I, I had said is the best way to do. And unfortunately, I couldn't get super close because the wind died. And without wind, you just, you can't get close. It's not possible. So I got into about 60 yards. Well, I know it was 60 exactly because I ranged them. And I just sat down on my butt behind this pine tree. I was about 20 yards from the pine tree, but it was... Those one tree, one little shrub, and um, but it blocked my view, their view of me. So, and I just waited and um, froze my balls off because I was sitting in snow, waiting. Literally froze my balls off, and uh, eventually he stood up and took a step out in the open. It was 61 yards, and it's crazy. 80 pound bow, heavy arrow. Um, it just crushed through his bone, just crushed it. It was crazy. And he just ran down the ravine, and I was like, holy shit, it was a freaking awesome morning. Um, so he was a four by four or four by five, I guess, but like smaller than he thought he was. The rack is, is ground shrinkage for sure. So I was just getting, so I was really excited and pumped. Um, but on the same notes, kind of disappointed once I got up to him, I guess, but still, it was, it was really cool. And then I did shoot him twice because I learned in the past if they're not 
down on the ground and you can, you know what I mean? If they're not dead and you can put an arrow on them, put an arrow on them. So I did shoot it again just because I've had in the past where I think I made a really good shot and they fucking run away and I never see them again. So I didn't need to, but I did. Like, you know, I didn't know that at, you know, when I shot, obviously. So yeah, so it was awesome. So I butchered them up and then I found a really nice 10 point um, white tail skull, really nice one. So that was kind of cool too, just to find that. And um, butchered them up, hopped in the vehicle. Or I butchered, actually, I butchered them up, put in the vehicle, and then I went and scouted for a couple hours just because I was planning to be there for five days anyhow. And uh, so did that and then drove home. It was freaking awesome, man. Awesome. I absolutely loved it. That's awesome. So with, with having that buck, uh, killing it the same week as a whitetail, how much bigger is that body? Uh, well, that's the thing. This is probably a two-and-a-half-year-old. And then the white tail was a big, I mean, he's probably four and a half. So mm-hmm. it was um, actually pretty similar. But I mean, if it was the same age, like mule deer are much bigger than a white, like yeah. much bigger. I, I still think, uh, I still think I'm uh, like looking at deer a little differently. When I, when yeah, I white, like the white tails I've seen dead this year, I was just like, why is their body so small? And like mine was, mine weighed just under 200 pounds. And I still thought that was from like trail cam pictures, I thought he was a lot bigger than what his body looked like when he was dead. But I still think I'm affected by those seeing like three, 300 pound mule deer dead. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're big animals and they're so cool, man. I just, you know, and here's what I did too. And I love the could, way they look now too. They look so much different than when we oh, were. They're so the cool. I screwed up, man. I, uh, cause I sold the Cape to taxidermists too. If you get a nice buck that you don't want to mount, sold the Cape for 40 bucks. And then this one, I was going to do the same and I was really careful skinning it out. Um, field dressing it and then for some reason when I flipped it over I just had a brain fart and completely forgot I was caping it out and just cut like along the neck it's like well, what a what a dummy but anyhow um this is literally what I did so when I was out there I went to a spot that I've gone to before and I did, like it was just different each year it's a little different out there depending on the weather so and I'd never gone this time of year anyhow so I called the uh, uh a wildlife biologist in the area and I was like, hey, man, I spent the whole day. I seen a doe and two fawns. Are there any other public places you could recommend? And um, that's what I did. I went, I just called and asked, where do you think I should start walking? He mentioned a name, and I got to the hotel and looked up on the computer, and that's where I went. So anybody can do it. You know what I mean? No guide, no anything. Just call, ask a biologist, where do you go? And go and start walking. And then, um, and then it's such like mule deer hunting, so, like whitetail hunting is awesome. Don't get me wrong, but there's so many more skill sets involved. You gotta be kind of in shape, and you have to sneak up good, and you have to be able to shoot from your butt or your knees. And usually, you have to shoot a little farther. Um, not always. Some people can shoot them in the back of the head from three feet, just touch them with the arrow and pull the trigger. Um, or your buddy who shot it at like what was it, twelve yards or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all of, all of the shots that we had out there were close because they were all, like, sneak attacks from behind in their beds. Yeah, and, you know, conditions matter. So yours, it was raining, obviously, so it's yeah. noisy. It's It can't be any quieter, so you can do that. It's just sometimes the conditions don't allow it. And then, too, there's different times of year and different um, – I've learned that uh, different precipitation, you'll get different vegetation. So this year, it must have been wet because whenever it's really wet out there, there's this weird – plant that grows and it's dry and crunchy and makes sneaking damn near impossible which is great for deer because you know damn well less of them get killed because it's so hard to sneak up on them 
So next year, it'll be um, definitely, I'm going to do the same thing. I, I like to go in this time of year. So I'm going to focus on Wisconsin. And if I get lucky, I'm um, just up and go. And um, I guess fortunately, you know, I have the freedom. I can just go whenever, but not, you know, not everyone can do that, I guess. Did you see a lot of people hunting out there? Is, was everyone uh, kind of out Zero. of there? Zero. No, I, didn't, I didn't see a single person. The only time I've seen a lot of people is I went on opening day one year just to see what it was like. And um, it was crazy because there's a lot of people, which was pretty lame. But, like, it was probably within two hours of me being out there, someone scared a buck and just ran up and stood right in front of me. Just crazy random luck. And I, I actually re regretted when I shot it because I didn't feel um, satisfied. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't gratifying at all. Like, I didn't sneak up on it. I didn't, like, do any work. I just completely lucked into a deer. So it was um, – but, yeah, I wouldn't do it again because there was a lot of people. Yeah, that I mean, that happens. You got to <laughs> take advantage of those easy ones because you usually have hard ones. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I wasn't proud of it. But you know what else is crazy out there, too? Is uh, so when I started, I remember the first when I started walking, it was below zero wind chill, which that's not fun trying to glass, especially too. You got a face mask on because below zero is pretty damn cold, and your 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 uh, binoculars fog up so much. But anyhow, by like midday, it was like sixty. It's just crazy how much the uh, temperature will fluctuate. So you gotta, you know, my by midday, my pack was just loaded with clothes. Yeah. Just keep peeling, peeling layers off, but you're moving, so you never really get that cold. That's awesome. See, that was an awesome trip. And what do you think? I maybe I'm maybe it's in my head, but I swear mule deer tastes better than whitetail. I have come well, I've come to that conclusion as well. Not I'm not saying they're like way better or anything, but it's a little different taste. I don't even know if I'd say better, it's just different. A little different. I, it's a nice change up. Yeah, I think it when the one thing I've noticed too, I guess it depends on where you're at and what they have access to. But, like, I pop the guts on them. They don't have access to any corner or anything where I'm at. And, like, I pop the guts and there's no smell. You know how, like, a white-tailed gut smells so bad sometimes? It was just green and, and like, no smell. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, but anyhow, look, and look then, what they're uh, eating compared to what the white-tail are. Yeah. But, man, there's such a um, – it's so much fun. I can't wait to – can't wait to do it again. Um, the one thing cool, too, like, there's so many places you can go. So my next, yes, yeah, speaking of going, so the next goal, I didn't realize Minnesota gun hunting was this early, which is kind of crazy. And I, do you know how long it lasts? Same as Wisconsin, I'm pretty nine sure. Nine-day gun days. hunt? Yeah, to nine, ten days. Yep, it's, it's what, gun absurd, an absurd time placement. Yeah, I don't get it. Like the, like the deer aren't stressed enough because of the rut that you have to uh, send gun hunters out on top of it. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. To it me. makes Wisconsin's look good. <laughs> Yeah, but anyhow, so it's going to be done on Sunday. So I think I'm going to um, grab a tag and do some public lands, hang and hunt Minnesota deer hunting. Awesome. You know, worst case scenario, you just don't see anything. But I don't know, I think it'd be a lot of fun. There's so much public land over there too. Yeah, I actually have a public land hunting story from this weekend when we get into our whitetail stuff. So... Anything else on the South Dakota mule deer trip besides if you guys are looking for something to do, that's always an option. I know Wyoming yeah, where I was earlier this year is closed. Can't can't mule deer hunt out there this time of year, but Yeah, I think one of the like um 
Yeah, I, I would do like anyone. Cause I remember talking to my uncle was like in his fifties. He's like, Oh, I'd love to go out West. I'm like, dude, like stop talking about it and just do it. I think some people, what do you do? It's just jump online, buy a tag, call a biologist and say, Hey, where are some good deer populations? Drive there and start walking and walk and walk and walk. And it's, when you get one that way, I mean, it's obviously harder than, well, so many guides suck. Have you ever bought a shitty guide? Like, it's so common. That I've never just... bought a guide, but I've, I've dealt with a guide situation in Canada, and it was not positive. No, I mean, there's just so many, because I'll be out hunting. I've, I've, many times, I've been out hunting on public land in the exact same spot that guides are taking people, and God knows how much these people paid them, right? So it's just pick a state call a biologist asks like hey where should i go give me an idea just point me in a direction drive there and just start walking and um if you get one that way it's just so damn gratifying it's it's harder than hell but it's uh it's a lot of fun you know it's really weird with me too i don't understand this but with mule deer like i'm they're not they're much smaller than elk and for some reason when it comes to a big elk i'm just a shitty shot like I can't focus on it's, it's just so freaking weird. Just a mind thing. Like I've killed this is like my eighth mule deer buck, I think. You just can't rat you can't mental you think you're mentally Oh, it's like up. it's so big and it's like I don't focus on a tiny spot, you know what I mean? And then you fucking honey, it's like how do I miss an elk? It's just so weird. Or shoot it through the back or just the dumb stuff I've done. Right. Like, um what is so you said they yeah, one thing too. You said, they were, west. you said they weren't running at all, but no, um, what, not, not really at all. So you had to have missed it by like a week or two then, because I, I, they're still like similar to whitetail, aren't they? I think they're Maybe. later, actually. Are they a little bit later? I think so. That's what the because uh, I asked the biologist that too. I'm like, are they? You know, if he's been seeing any rut activity, he said not quite yet. Um, hmm. and then what the hell was I gonna say? Oh, and the other thing too. So the very first time I ever went out there, um, I'm Wisconsin hunter, right? And uh, I drug a mule deer so god dang far and <laughs> never again. So it's like uh, nowadays, jump on YouTube because you can in Wisconsin and practice just butchering a deer right where it dies just to, just to do it. And once you do it, like it's so awesome once you get decent at it because to drag a deer and then hang it in the garage and then skin it and then drag all the shit back on the woods. I mean, you can just bone it right on the spot it's really really slick and then once you practice a couple times then you can go west because you kind of have to do that because you're not going to drag a deer three miles or two miles or yeah. six miles after, or after wyoming we all carry uh game bags in our packs all the time now yeah yeah well and, and then wisconsin like, even like the especially the ditches and stuff we have around here yeah i've had a lot of terrible experiences dragging them and yeah we everything we've done we don't even we don't even gut them out. Nope. Just uh, and like you can still get the uh, tenderloins. That's it. people are like oh how do you get the tenderloins? You still get it. Mm-hmm. If you want the heart, I have a little hand saw and I I saw through one rib and I can get the heart out. Um, it, you can get everything. And so in Wisconsin, I don't use game bags because like you know out west if I, it's going to be like you know the meat's out there for a day or something. I want game bags so they get the air and circulation and cool off. Wisconsin, you know, what are you, an hour tops if mm-hmm. you throw in your pack? I just use, like, even in South Dakota, just, you know, I mean, a couple hours tops. A uh, 
just a heavy duty plastic bag so my pack doesn't get soaked in blood. And then, yeah, that's what I did. I had, like a garbage uh, bag? Yeah. Yep. I just used a heavy duty plastic bag, put it in my meat compartment, my pack, put all the meat in there. And then norm, and then like I knew it was cold, right? Obviously, so I didn't even bring a cooler because it's so damn it was so cold. So I brought it to the truck, and I just like um, kind of flattened the bag out on the ground, saw the meats on the frozen ground, and it just you know cooled off, super cool, put a little snow on it. And then on the way home, I just uh, I don't even know why I didn't have to because it was so cold, but I threw a bag of ice on top of the plastic bag just. Why not, right? Mm-hmm. And that was that. Super clean, super, super simple. Were you, tent- were you tenting it? No, no, no. Norm, no, God. Normally I would, but not below zero wind chill. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, I thought you might. In the past, I did. Or, or I would even, I'm kind of weird. So I'll just sleep in my truck, just put the seat back. And I always, this is, I guess this kind of is my, my thought process on that because it is better to stay too. Is um I always think is like God man, there's a lot of badass dudes sleeping in like a foxhole in some foreign country that you know what I mean. So it's like sleeping in a truck is actually way more comfortable than a lot of people are doing right now. So, so that's what I do: bring a I blanket, mean, put the seat back, and zonk out. And then two, I agree, like, but you all, I think you probably have also have a pretty good capability of sleeping anywhere. Well, You're like one of those weird people. What I was just going to say is yes, but because if you actually like hunt hard during the day, you're fucking exhausted, right? Yeah. Like here's a story. I remember uh, years ago, where was I? Montana. Anyhow, the bears are feeding the creek bottoms at the time. And I was just walking all day long. And I was just exhausted and I cracked, whacked my GPS on a rock somehow. So I had no idea my, you know, where I was. I mean, I kind of knew where I was, but not really. And it was getting dark. And I couldn't find myself out of there barely in the light, much less the dark. And I'm down in the creek bottoms. And I got no GPS. It's getting dark. That's where the bears are. I'm scared out of my mind. I'm like, fuck, there is no way I'm going to sleep tonight, right? And um, I, like, blinked and it was morning because you're just so goddamn tired. You could sleep right. on broken glass with bears. Like, I, I remember because I, I was sleeping. I didn't even have a tent. I just had a bivy sack. Which is like, you're, I was like literally a human sausage. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get fucking eaten for sure. Terrified. And um, I literally blinked and it was morning. You're just so damn tired. Want to hear a quick side war story? I'll never forget this war story. This guy was in, I think it must have been Vietnam. But anyhow, like, I mean, you're just so scared. And you're up for day after day after day. And uh, anyhow, this dude fell asleep finally. And there was a, a firefight. It's like artillery 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 was landing and he said his buddy is he was bouncing up and down off the ground right as yeah. artillery was hitting and he slept through the whole fight so so, that's how, so if you work hard enough um you can fucking sleep through anything yeah yeah i'm sure um well that's awesome kudos to you for going out there and getting another hunt in when normal Man. people wouldn't i've been just busy catching up on work back here nice job and then props to my wife, who's super awesome. Props to your wife. Yep. Knows what my passions are, and she like organized babysitters and rescheduled her work, and just made it happen for me. Because, um, dude, she's awesome. Because she, she, she just understands that I really value this stuff. So she goes out of her way to allow me to do it. Not only let me do it, but like make work so I can. So that's really cool. Right. Which makes me want to do nice things for her. 
you know, just, uh, cause I, I can't imagine like some guys like, Oh, my wife won't let me. I was like, what the fuck did you marry her for? <laughs> figure that shit out beforehand. That's awesome. So what are your plans now for the next, you have two weeks until gun season in Wisconsin here. Yeah. So I'm going to wait until, so Minnesota is done on what Sunday. Yep. So you have next week to do that. Yeah. So I got the rest of this week to try and just do a little planning, do some topo map searching of uh, some public land stuff to go after for a couple weeks. And then during gun season, I'm, I'm probably, if I can't, I haven't even looked into it. If I can't gun hunt with a bow, which I doubt it, um, I'm going to go bow hunting in Minnesota instead of gun hunting in Wisconsin, just because it's just not my thing. I have no problem. You know what I mean? I have nothing against it. I do have, I'm not a fan of deer drives at all. I don't even think that's hunting, but that's just yeah. my opinion. It's just whatever. I guess if like, if some family like truly needs the meat to feed their family, dude, have at it, go get your meat. But to do a deer drive and unload on, I was just talking to my brother about it where you hear, it's like, bang, 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 bang. And it's like, how many fucking rounds can a person have in a clip? unloading on a deer running across the field i just don't like that at all no it's uh <clears throat> it's an odd odd thing we still do deer drives um i look at it as a way to scout uh public land i haven't really been that successful over the years but it's a it's a way that a lot of people to get people out in the woods that don't usually hunt this is true this it's just and then too like I don't know, man. When I was it's a, a kid, it's a family thing, man. Like hunt, like the gun hunting and stuff is always a family thing. I don't. Yeah, and that's. I, don't I mean, much, there's. I don't do much with my family anymore, but like even like my friend, like high school friends and college friends, like we'll we'll go uh, stomp around public and. But it, yeah, like, there's like different you said, levels there's, there's, to there's it. Di- yeah, like it's different. Yeah. Like. I think I I think I've been last few years I've been telling everyone like, like almost setting expectations before they come along or if they're setting up or whatever that. Um, this isn't a free for all sit till 9am and boom, get driving all day. But that's what it's so like, I think part of it too, when I was a kid, someone shot our van on a deer drive. They literally <laughs> shot through our garage and through the Astro van door. I'll never forget. Like, how do you forget that? Right. Yeah. A teacher of mine in high school got shot through the leg. Um, I remember on it, our family drive, some dingy had like a, one of those lever action 30 thirties. Yeah. He had it cocked while he was walking and shot right down the ground right next to his foot. Um, just it's like, fuck this. And then times two where you're hunting, I'm sure you've heard it where you hear like a like a bullet that's and you have no idea how close it is, but it's like, I just don't like it. I just don't like it that much. But if it was yeah. like uh say it was like me, you, and one other person, like a a really s- small number of people, like tactical, sneaky push drive that's a little different i think that's can be kind of cool sometimes you know what i mean oh it definitely is it's i've i've gotten into it as like a way of just um like you said there is there is like technique and stuff to it um the whole like you know 20 people and everyone just moved through the woods like a uh army first of all Here. i don't think very many people can do that anyways and second of all it's kind of that's kind of weird but yeah Oh shit! Yeah, we used to do just huge masses of guys, and they're all like yelling and whistling and hooting and hollering. 
um, whatever. But uh, here's one thing too: if you do do your drive, is it's kind of you would think that deer would run like into the wind so they could smell what's in front of them, but it's actually the opposite. They like to run with the tailwind so they can smell what's coming behind them, but can see what's in front of them. Yeah, yeah. I try to set up all of our all of our drives standards downwind, and then you like. I think the best way to do it is is especially when you're limited with people and we can cover this more on the next podcast too, when it gets closer to gun season, but you only really need one standard to, to walk to zigzag and like, just let their scent trickle down into bedding areas. Right. And then you see deer. Like, I think that's how people I've thought about doing this. Some, Cause this would be kind of cool. If you got good at it, it would be like actually like doing a lot of like deer, like bow drives. And that's all you'd have to be able to do is where you just have your scent trickle down to the bedding areas. And then you set up on exit routes. Cause number one, they're moving out. They're not like, that's not like a giant, like dead ass sprint. Right. Like right. You just slowly move along, let your scent trickle down in the bedding areas. And then they, they do what big bucks, especially big bucks too. Like the way big bucks act and drives are way different than how, uh, the, the pop general population of deer. They're always taking that weird back exit. And most of the time they're, they're just double backing on everyone in the drive. So yeah, looping back through the drivers. Yeah. Considering where bedding areas are just pushing your scent down in them and having people set up on those exit routes. But I remember one time I was, I was gun hunting as a kid and I was up in a stand and like this other hunter was walking like behind me and there's a deer on the opposite side of me, like going the opposite direction of the hunter. Like he was, so I was like, Hunter was going one way, the deer was going the other. So the deer was watching him and just kind of circling, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And then when the hunter came back, that deer looped back right to where it originally came from. It was so cool watching this deer just move opposite this hunter, like as it was watching it. Well, it was some really of the cool. some of the best bow hunters I know, they like legitimate public land bow hunters, or some of their strategy is to go and find a deer to bump it and then come back and hit, hit sit that bed the next day, the next morning. Oh, I just keep them. all right. Because yeah. I mean, if you, it makes sense. Like, if you kick a deer out of a bed, everyone thinks like, "Oh crap, he's never coming back here." But I mean, really, that bedding location did its job. Like, he got away from you safely, right? Um. So, at, I, mean, I think it probably depends. But I know people who have had a lot of success just coming back and, um, hunting that bed because that deer realized that that bed did its job. Right. No, absolutely. Especially too, like where you know the terrain we live in. I don't know if it's, I'm assuming it's the same around your uncles, but there's it, it's not easy finding flat places to lay down on. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? It's like they really don't have a ton of options of places to bed where I'm at, anyhow. Because it's like, I mean, just for trying to lay on a side hill, you just can't, right? You got to find something somewhat flat. That's why people the overlook spots are those weird little brushy ditches, weird little brushy fence lines, weird overgrown pastures that's why too i think a a a really good land management strategy that isn't utilized enough is i get out with a pickaxe and literally make flat spots for deer to bed on and they do (laughs) you go back and they're full of hair it's pretty cool it's got to use a pickaxe in the bluffs it's amazing how much easier it is to dig with that than a dirt shovel like it's crazy yeah it's funny so i have i have a couple weird i have a couple good stories from this past week even though nice. I haven't done, I've done only one day of hunting. So the first one, I went down and took my mule deer and whitetail down to Taxidermist in Platteville. And uh, on the way back, I was probably dealing with that snowstorm that you were dealing with out South Dakota. Terrible roads, but 
<laughs> I'm driving on the main highway, leaving Platteville, going down this hill. It's like a three or four lane road or something. I don't know what it is. And I look off to my left and this little brushy dish that comes up and there's just, just catch a giant buck walking up out of this ditch. Like big enough, like I'm on a main highway and I whip around <laughs> like I'd still had a squad car. <laughs> and uh, I come back and the dude, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. It, it, it makes you think about how often this happens to people. I come up, the deer's gone. And I look up on the horizon, probably 75 yards where this deer was. And there's a hunter quick walking out to a tree stand because there's about 45 minutes left to light. I'm guessing he got done with work and he's just running out there quick. So this hunter, no, there's no way he saw him because he was walking and the deer obviously saw him at some point and just went back down into the ditch. But this giant buck, and who knows, this guy might have, I hope maybe this guy, um, somewhere between Platteville and Lancaster, I think closer to Platteville, if you were hunting on <laughs> Thursday afternoon last week and you happen to be listening to this podcast and you have a giant buck that is in your little woods behind your house in between you and a main road, he saw you. He got, he got, you were in the right spot at the right time. You just happened to be walking because this thing, he looked nice. I mean, we're talking, I think like one sixties. Oh my gosh. Uh, he was a giant. And well, how many times do you think that happened? Oh my, cause the guy never, the guy's never going to know. Right. He probably has show camp pictures of this deer or something. Cause I think there's a house right there and there's a little woods along the highway that he was probably, that he hunts on and. Just see how many times you're in your stand and an animal gets a whiff of you and just loops around you and you have no oh, idea. Makes me sick. That's why. Or I'm like crazy. when I'm walking in my stand and I hear something run off that I didn't see, it's like, ah, it's probably huge. Do you yeah. think big bucks snort? Snore? Snort. It's like, no. So it's like if they snort at me, it's like, ah, good. But if they don't snort, it's like, God dang it. Oh, I hope fun. I hear, I hope I hear um, a stoop, like what you assume to be a doe blowing. Cause I, I, there's no way a buck, a big mature buck does that. It's not a chance. I actually heard, um, I actually heard and seen Mielder do that for the first time when I was yeah. out there too. And I have no idea what spooked them. They came from an opposite hill, like came all the way over the hill towards me blowing at something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I really don't. And I remember when I told you that it's a good thing when you hear does blowing like that. And during the rut, right. I had at least three different times this year where I saw deer, a nice, a buck after I heard distance off blowing. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. This is as long as they're not downwind and you feel comfortable, they're not blowing at you. And like these situations are like, cause think about when a, when a doe is blowing at you, it's never like in the, like it's, she's always probably within like 150 yards. Right. For the most oh, part. Oh, yeah, for sure. Or less. Yeah. Or, yeah, normally way less. Like these ones, like I, you could, you just like faintly hear them like way down in the ditch or way, like way away, way away from the wind. And sure enough, like five minutes later, little three year old comes up running like an idiot. And you're like, I know you were just down there harassing her. And she went and blow, blew and caused a scene just trying to get these little bucks from harassing them. I, th I mean, I think it's a legitimate thing. That's why I don't worry about it as much during the rut because they're just blowing all the time. Like they're kind of like the 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 uh, boy that cried or what's that old fairy tale? Like the boy who cried wolf or something. Like they're just not trustworthy anymore. And I think they get to a point like that where bucks just don't care about what them blowing anymore. 
I was talking about, speaking of bugs, I don't know if many people know this, um, that does actually seek out bigger racks. Do you know that? Yeah. So yeah. It's like, it's not just bucks chasing does and does trying to get run away. It's does run away from little bucks because they want the big old stud buck to breed them. MSU deer lab. Yeah. That's where I heard it's that from. Really interesting stuff. Really cool study how they did it. Just so people know, they took young bucks and sawed their horns off and then screwed on like Boone and Crockett sized racks, which is, it was very challenging because you had to screw them on tight enough that they could still fight, which obviously that would be hard to do because the force they make, right. but they did it. And um, yeah, the does actually seek, uh, wanted to breed them then. It's crazy. Mm, that is crazy. Super that crazy. Is crazy. Dude, there's studies on, that's one thing with there's, I, there's so many hunting myths that just keep getting regurgitated when there's really good scientific studies, like some studies that have been like 15, 20 year long studies to prove that culling does nothing, right? Like the right. research is out there and yet so many people are like, oh yeah, I got to go shoot this forky to get his genes out of the herd. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just... There's so much, it's all out there. Like, I it's, just it's put my phone crazy. away whenever I see the culling thing. It's not, worth that, it's not worth an argument because we're going to we're going to tell somebody, like, it's not worth because it. it's not it's not even these most of the time it's not even the person being like I actually am trying to call a buck. It's the fact that they got excited, they wanted to, they killed an it's it's just that that the most annoying part about hunting. You get excited, you shoot the buck, you walk up to it, you're worried about what someone's going to tell you on on Facebook or Instagram or something. So then you so say you this thing call about buck. calling, like no. a two and a half year old eight pointer. How, how, how do you know what it's going to turn into? And right. even if it is a crazy weird rack, like, wouldn't that be a really cool deer in like four or five? Like, I don't look at, like, I have a deer that looks like a fucking unicorn. I don't look at him and be like, Oh God, I hope he isn't like screw a bunch of yeah. Breed like, Oh shit. I don't want to, I don't want any more deer like that. Like, yeah, right. I would, that, that buck's awesome. Yeah. It's cool. It's, the other thing too is that it, it like when it comes to calling, it's same thing with humans actually, but like what mom eats, what the doe eats can have a huge impact on how big her son's antlers can be, right? So it's called, it's an epigenetics. So she can, you can turn on and off like gene size, antler gene size based on a doe's nutrition. So the best thing anyone can do is not try and shoot bucks with funky racks or bucks without brow tines or bucks with a weird one side is just to get out and get them as much good food as humanly possible. Yeah. And same thing with, with humans, right? What moms and dads actually eat before, during conception and throughout pregnancy can affect your grandkids. Literally. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy how important that stuff is. Yeah. But nobody talks about it. So it's, it's just not, not that well known, but now you know, if you're listening. Yeah, and then if you're listening, oh my god, that is my biggest pet peeve is people making excuses for what they shoot. Like, yeah. never. It should. It shouldn't. Like, even if it is just, I got excited when it came over the hill. I I thought it was bigger. Like, but I'm. I mean, you can't. You can't take it back. So, okay, you got just meat sick. in front of you. You have everything. Like, well, it happened to me three days ago or four days ago. I thought that mule deer was bigger, to be honest. And when I walked up to it, I decided it was a cull mule deer. <laughs> <laughs> i had to get this one out of the public herd it's bad funny. genetics it's so, just... so the the platteville buck that some poor hunter walked right by about 60 yards 
on the other side of the ditch while he was in a hurry to get to his stand for the last hour of daylight is story number one. And God, that guy, I feel bad for you, brother. Most likely that buck's probably not going to be showing around the showing his face around there for a while. And, uh, cause the, the, he was, mo- the buck was just moving naturally too, just right along a ditch. Like he was probably bed in the ditch for a while and then he got up and, oh my God, the guy walked right in. Oh, so it wasn't like this guy spooked it and was trying no, to No, he was, the, the buck was walking right at him when I oh, saw him. And then I came back and saw the person and the pro was like, oh Jesus, that's oh, why I, I can't see. find the buck. Um, but anyway, so the next story, which is another hilarious story, uh, Jed and I decide to go down to our lease on saturday so at least four or five minutes away we're gonna do another hanging hunt on the way back end of the property um kind of looking forward to it because we haven't been up in there so get up at 3 30 leave leave uh our place at four or 4 15 or something get down at least at five so you have we have a good hour to get everything set up just start to unload the utv and jed i hear jed in the truck go shit i'm like what that did not sound good He's like, I forgot my bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh. So we both sit there and I like start looking in the backseat of my truck. And I'm like, I just took my bowl out the other day. It's hanging in my storage unit. Like, you know, like how helpless you feel because it's not like we're at, we're not 10 minutes from my house. We're not like nothing. <laughs> it's 50 minutes away. I look in the That's back funny. of my truck, like trying to find the resemblance. Like, there's a saw back here. Like, ah, I'm probably not going to. Little step, little step down from your longbow, but oh, so we just we were, we were pulled into the lease for literally a minute and a half. Got back in, well, might as well drink some more coffee. <laughs> drive back. So everybody's done it. Yeah, it just happened to be the one time we're driving an hour somewhere, and no, so, everybody, that's awesome. So we get back to town, actually, decent time, and we just try to make the best of it, and we go, and we just start on a public spot, and. Uh, we hit about three or four public spots that day. Um, the first public spot, kind of a cool, like, 20-acre, like, little narrow chunk. What and, do you mean hit? You do a little... Yeah, we just decided to go or... and... No, we decided to go and set up and and do rattling and, and grunting and then give it about a half hour for five minutes and then, and then move on. Oh, so, I see. I don't think it's, like, a proven strategy or anything, but I'd rather do fun. that than... Yeah. So... First spot was kind of cool, like right along a road intersection, and uh, the first point from the road. We didn't, we found it after daylight. Obviously, we we're walking out. First point overlooking this road in this house, giant bed, right on the final, right on the knob, right where you think of a, a buck being. Um, so that's kind of cool. Like literally, if we drive by slowly right now, I might be able to see him in his bed, and you know it's a buck bed, it's a giant bed. So. Little spots like that always just are nice to find because it's just proof, right? Proof of like what you're thinking is 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 pro- like correct. Like that buck definitely bets there with that wind coming down his back, off that spine, and he's looking over all of his danger. Exit routes are everywhere, so that's cool. Uh, but like you said, sitting in tree stands does make you tired because we walked up a lot of steep cliffs because that's like what every public piece in this area has, and uh, yeah, nothing. Not much going on. I know uh, Jed finally saw a mature buck last night um, out on private land. But, yeah, we haven't, other than that, haven't done a ton of hunting. You know what I could do if you wanted? I got a, uh, as far as, like, forgetting stuff, 
over the years of going on hunting trips many times, I just made a, a checklist. Yeah. Everything that I could possibly need. So like literally all I did on was whenever I left, I printed it in the morning and just went and checked boxes as I put it into my pack or into my truck. So it's impossible to forget anything unless you don't use your damn checklist. So maybe I could, if, uh, if you'd be interested in that, you could share it. Yeah, we'll have to share that. I've already it's planned freaking, on making, a, making somewhat of a checklist for myself anyways. Yeah, I got it. I got her. It's pretty much done. And th- you know what I mean? It's, it's, there's more, it's everything, right? So yeah. it's not like you would need. So if you don't need something, just check it off right away. But uh, it's kind of just a book, Checklist Manifesto. Like, it's, the, it's crazy that, how many um, medical errors would go down if hospitals just made checklists mandatory but so many are just too stubborn to do it because they think a checklist is beneath them. It's crazy. But yeah, yeah. I can share that. It's um, it's because I've done it. I've gotten into my tree stand and looked at my bow and there's no arrows. <laughs> it's like, God damn it. Well, my mental checklist usually consists of one big one where it's like, all right, here's what I want to brand this hunt. Like specifically, like, you know, if you're doing a hanging hunt, I got the stand sticks. And then usually right before I leave the house, I try to be like, all right, what do I really need? I need the bow, my release. And I always, I add, I add my camera to that, but, um, all right. If I don't have, if I have nothing else, at least I have these things. <laughs> like if somehow everything falls out of the truck on the way out there, at least I have my bow, my camera and my, uh, release. Uh, yeah. Arrows too, but yeah. Yep. Interesting, interesting little situation there, but it is what it is. So <laughs> the next week, next two days are going to be brutal, man. Tonight's going to be cold, 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 but I think we have some light at the end of the tunnel. It looks like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all going to be up in the thirties. Friday and Saturdays especially look good because we're looking mid thirties with rising pressure. So the pressure is going to max out too on Saturday. So I think we're going to see a lot of big bucks go down this weekend. I, I really like the second week better than the first week anyways. And yeah, I, I like it all. I think the warm weather isn't going to let people sit a little bit more than this week, past weekend. And it should be good. Have you ever tried one of those uh, Mr. Heater body suits? Uh, no, like the... Those big, it's like basically a sleeping bag in the stand. But uh, I have not. a few people said they're amazing. You yeah. just put one of them on and you're toasty warm no matter how cold it is. And um, you know what, deer, if they get cold too, man, those super cold days are often really good ones just because they get cold, get up and move around. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, we, saw, well, here's we, saw, a, we saw quite a few deer around on Saturday driving around too, like middle of the day. Really? Just, just oh, I, well, I, I think I told you this. I don't know if we talked about it. Um, what was it? Last week, I don't remember what day. I was turning into my road <laughs> and there was a uh, two-and-a-half-year-old eight-ish pointer that a car had just hit right so the car was smashed up the cop mm-hmm. had just got there so i on stopped your road? Oh, or out on 14 on 14 right yeah. as you would turn onto off it yeah and um so i asked the cop like hey man i'm gonna run i have my is it cool if i just take this deer and uh he's like no nah, someone else already's got dibs on it but then he's like that night on the stretch of road it's about a three four mile stretch of road he had 10 calls for deer getting hit by cars mm-hmm. one freaking shift it's insane most I ever have is 17. 17 in one shift? Vernon County. That is so crazy. Yeah. 17. It's, Holy shit. It's, it's absurd. It, it, I mean, that is, I used to. Uh, That's crazy. I would have guessed like three. 
like tops. dude this these like two weeks first two weeks of november and it's vernon so crazy vernon's way worse than lacrosse it's nonstop. you can't keep up with it it's like actually like an issue because it's like how do you how do you go to every single one of them because it's actually preventing you from like doing your job it's an issue it's a serious issue like they that's why uh they've they've done they've turned to a lot of like self-reporting forms for that that's crazy but then you got the issue of people falsely doing that shit for like insurance stuff yeah yeah i mean last year i picked up two deer um in the exact same spot on 1461 one of us probably three and a half year old buck um the only trauma was to its head it must just get clipped in the head it's freaking yeah. great meat man but like not even a bruise <clears throat> on any of the quarters it was yeah yeah, so no, check. it's it's crazy. I, I, that's and it starts picking up. Um, I think my biggest one I ever saw was like, I would say I, I think I probably had at least three booners that I worked. Cardiac. They got run over. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Between Vernon and Lacrosse County. Yeah. Jeez Louise, that's so. It's just so bizarre. Yeah, you don't hear. I mean, if you're not in it, you don't hear about it as much. But it's a it's a legitimate thing starting the last week of october and then it it really maxes out here these two first two weeks of november it's and it shows you that the rut's going on um oh yeah man second and just some though. and just some of the stuff you see when you're driving night shift I, right now is pretty insane i've seen uh, not saying that that's what i did on my shift but i did patrol and protect the back roads a lot more during these this yeah you've you got to make sure that there's no crimes going on as you're shining the picked bean fields and corn fields well i need to make sure no one's sitting in their tree stand oh there could be a meth lab out there for sure mm-hmm. especially your crazy amish people doing some weird stuff yeah you, it's, uh, you you do you see some that was, that was one of the coolest things about being i mean besides trying to hunt and then working night shift you know <laughs> together it's tough but well, the shit I always wonder is like, why are these cops patrolling my road when there's two houses, right? Well, now hey, I know. Hey, They're what scouting. Someone, you would you'd be happy if someone was coming down there shining and, and poaching. That's a legitimate thing right now, too. This is very true. Very, poaching, very true. Number one time for poachers is right now. Oh yeah, why wouldn't it be fucking deer running around moronic everywhere? Yeah, Two hundred inches standing next to the road at about eleven p.m. at night. Do you have uh, cameras out right now? Yep. Yeah, everything's still running. Uh, you haven't that, checked them in a while? No, I checked them this past week and ca- might as well introduce this deer because he's going to be a freak, hopefully. So I'm still contemplating how I'm going to hunt the gun season. We might, I might just spend time away from the primary farm because of some issues there. But uh, um, there is a, a deer that I'm assuming is three, year old, three years old because he's, he's very small-bodied, but he might be he's over 150 at least oh, wow. and he's just running around like a fucking idiot right now oh. uh, he's on every camera middle of the day I'm, I'm actually very surprised i'm not very very shocking i didn't see him because he's been since like november start i guess i only hunted two days into november but if i would have been hunting at all i would probably would have ran into him like three or four times so far because he's been everywhere but i'm calling him flyer he is a He's gonna be. He just got the frame, man. He's got the frame to, if he go, if he makes that, because you know, like the biggest step they usually. Well, I'm not saying the biggest, but it just there's a big difference between three and four. And I think he's three. It's like that dude. It's like that buck that I call, called paint drip, whatever that you have. Right. That thing makes it, because I was. I, he looked like he was three to me the way his face looked and stuff. 
he's 150 inch buck right now. Yeah, he could be more. pretty cool. That's why I would like my strategy if for gun season, either I bow hunt right by the buildings, or most likely I don't even set foot in my 40 acre chunk. And um, just hopefully the deer just stay there and live. Well, you'll like the you'll like this one. Hopefully. I uh, last year, I think there was five nubbin bucks shot. That's oh, that's awesome. <laughs> what the fuck you got? At God. least two to three bucks shot. One that was actually found. So there's people that hunt out there that I don't know. It's not it's not ideal. It causes yeah. me issues mentally so i think i'm just i said last year i would just i was gonna leave the state but now we have that lease so i think i'm just gonna spend oh, there, time you go. there but it's tough because i know there's i know there's giants down there still <laughs> or giants on that farm that you know you could get a shot at with a gun but ah, go to the lease yeah one thing i actually was it one of the neighbors one of the hunters shot a uh, a two and a half year old 10 pointer what three days ago it's like one of those deer. It's just a beautiful young ten point rack, but he seemed really happy about it. So I guess one of cool. your neighbors did. Yeah. Did you did you recognize him? The deer? No. Yeah. No, I'm assuming you recognize your neighbor, but. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. it wasn't. No, I. It's not. I didn't recognize the hunter. I didn't recognize either. It was uh, some guy who hunts on the neighbor's land. Yeah. Just happened to tag the neighbors. Yeah. Facebook post, and I, which is why and I, I and I think about it too, and it's like. Of all the years I've gone hunted that property, and in general around here, I've very I have maybe seen like two or three like legit mature bucks on their hoof, like when I'm sitting in a stand, not counting like deer drives or something. It's like those there's there's so many hiding spots from around here. Like that's like like my one glimmer of hope. I know it happens because you, you see giants everywhere. I mean, so you're not going to lease that same spot next year that you lease this year. I would assume. I don't know. I don't know. It's not sure yet. You haven't even had a picture of a big buck down there, have you? Uh, there's been some like four or five year olds that there's not like that big. I would hunt there for sure. Yeah. I mean, let the, the uncle's land um, hopefully be a place where some big ones can live and they'll be there for both season next year. Well, it's, I mean, it's more like hopefully they have the neighboring farms they can go run to because that place is going to get hammered. Oh, you got a lot of family that are. Not a lot. Just, you don't need a lot. Right. People can do a lot of damage. See, I'm in um, I'm in uh, a, a metro zone, so I'm I'm thinking I don't know, but putting out a couple hundred pounds of corn, just not a pile, but dumping like all over. So the cat's like, man, we're just gonna hang out here and eat and bed and just hopefully stay safe. <clears throat> you, just gotta, can... you just gotta hope that they're smart. Yeah. Your big ones are smart enough to. They go there. I gotta believe they have their freaking. They have their sanctuaries. It's the ones that it's just some, I, th- I honestly think a lot of times just freaking flukes that happen when those people kill those giants. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And, that, well, and you know what I mean? They could the be all cruising. First, first two mornings are really the biggest thing yeah, man. I worry about. They could be out cruising and they're a mile from their um, sanctuary as daylight. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you have to try and navigate through guys with rifles. That's right. tough to do. But, uh, yeah, I haven't set foot. I got, like, a 25-anchor sanctuary, and uh, the closest I've got is when I walked with you back there, which is, like, on the perimeter of it. So there hasn't been a human that I know of. I guess there could be trespassers. So there hasn't been a human in there in, I don't know, months. Yeah. So hopefully they just that's feel really safe another, in there. And that's another reason, quick, before we wrap it up, there's why I have cameras still running 
is because I think I just use that all that stuff as just um, knowledge for next year. Just oh, trying yeah, to figure out how they're moving certain places. You always you always can find like I found certain little areas that are really good pinch points you wouldn't really recognize all the time. Well, the one thing I didn't say as far as a plan though is I actually just set it up yesterday. My uh, Oregon electric chainsaw chain sharpener because I plan on doing a whole bunch more um, land management starting uh, possibly this weekend or even this week. Got a whole oh, bunch nice. of yeah. I got a there's a a whole bunch of big mature poplars that are I'm gonna cut down. That's one thing too. There's so they're, they're called conks. You see like those big hard mushrooms on the side of a poplar. Mm-hmm. That means they're they're dying, right? Mushrooms don't go on, grow on on living things, and it's time to cut them down because if they die standing, they don't regenerate. So you want to, right. and if a couple have it, just cut them all down, and you get that regrowth. So that's my my plan um, in the next few days to week is to do some serious land management, and that's going to continue until summer when it's midsummer is the worst. But yeah, I, that's that's the plan for me. Never to. Uh, there's always time to do some land management. Great. And then too, I was talking to my brother yesterday, we're going to help him do some, hopefully um, back home in sand country, lime the hell out of his field that he just acquired and uh, put in a good fall food plot to draw the bucks out of the river bottoms. Yeah. I think it could be amazing. Maybe, yeah, maybe after we're done this, I'll show you. It's, yeah, I'll send it to you. It's, it, the potential looks pretty freaking awesome. So I'm Oh, he's got a, how many acres? 70 something oh nice yeah and there's like this three acre field like a long strip field that's secluded close to the river bottoms it's like oh man if you can make a three acre late season food plot it could be phenomenal the problem is it's just sand so Mm -hmm. we gotta improve the soil to get stuff to grow and i think it could be one of those spots where you know what i mean you get late season you can pull some bucks from a long ways away to come find good food (laughs) Once yeah. all the beans and beans and corn is picked. Yeah, and then they, who knows? Sometimes they stay in their late season spot. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, I like three acres. Enough. We could put a lot of good food in. It's uh, it's uh, it's. Sounds like a fun little experiment. Oh, it's gonna be awesome. That is awesome. Good. Congrats to him. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. It's yeah. It's just fucking sand, though, right? You gotta you gotta put in so much work to. But I don't think it's that hard to hire someone with a lime and lime the hell out of it. Try and bring the pH down. And then mm-hmm. plant some plant some good stuff. Well, but all right, man. Sounds good, Two man. Week. Let's do it.